0: And again, we're here at the Adisa Conference in San Diego, and uh, we're here with our special guest here, Kevin Gannon of Robert A. Stanger and Company. Kevin, welcome to the conference.
1: Thank you, Charlie. Glad to be here with you guys.
0: So tell, uh, tell our listeners here on Strategic Investor Radio what it is that Robert A. Stanger does.
1: Well, we're an investment banking firm that focuses on uh, non-traded REIT securities primarily and business development companies that don't trade in the public markets.
0: Okay, and uh, tell us a little bit about what's happening with fundraising these days here, Kevin.
1: Sure, Charlie. Uh, fundraising the last couple of years was off to a torrid pace. Uh, did about $19 billion a couple of years ago. Uh, then it ratcheted down to $15 billion in 2014, about $10 billion in 2015. And this year we're expecting between 7 and $8 billion in non-traded REIT formation activity.
0: And why is it going in the wrong direction here?
1: Well, it's not always the wrong direction just because it goes down, Charlie. Uh, What happened here is uh, we had a bunch of uh, liquidity events in those early couple of years, in 13 and 14, and those liquidity events where other non-traded REITs liquidated by listing or merging uh, brought a lot of capital into this space, and that capital uh, rotated back into other programs. So we had a lot of what we called recycling events. Those recycling events are slowing down now. We're not going to see as many done at premiums to net asset value, so we won't see as much recycling. So we expect the base rate to get back down to where we think normal is, about $7-8 billion.
0: So you expect $7-8 billion to be kind of the normal rate going forward?
1: Yes, that's fair to say. It'll be 7 $8 billion. We think, as new product structures take hold here over the next couple of years, that that number will grow about 15% a year till we get back to an $18-20 run rate over the next four or five years.
0: Well, that's very interesting. So what do you see happening in the industry on the fundraising side? Are there any
1: new developments or new ways of doing things? Uh, Yes, there's a couple things that have uh, dominated the space over the last couple of years. One is T-Shares, and the other is Interval Funds.
0: Okay, let's start with uh, Interval Funds.
1: Okay, Interval Funds are basically closed-end funds. Uh, basically, think of it like a mutual fund that raise money and uh, buy real estate securities, basically funds in uh, institutional investment programs and, uh, and allow you to redeem out every quarter, if you choose to, uh, during the course of the year at, at scheduled intervals. That's why they're called interval funds. But it's an institutional play on investing in real estate.
0: And so what do they offer that the typical... Uh... Uh, real estate investment does not offer.
1: Well, I think what it offers you is exposure to the big names of the world, the names that the institutions uh, like to invest in. For example, Blackstone, Guggenheim, CBRE all have these funds that they allow pension funds to invest in, but their minimums are maybe five or ten million dollars. A retail investor like me with thirty thousand dollars to invest can invest in an interval fund and get that same exposure.
0: And so it's basically institutional type real estate investing
1: for the smaller investor. Fair to say. In fact, one of the bigger programs out there is a company called Griffin Institutional Access Fund, uh, GYREX it's called. And basically that very that's a the very theme. That's the elevator pitch on the deal, which is we're giving you institutional access as a retail investor.
0: And have institutional uh, investments in real estate performed better than the REITs and other and non-traded REITs that have been available to uh, the, the small investor for years?
1: That's a good question. I think uh, that's a very good question. The They've done well, I think. Uh, those management teams have generally done quite well with their performance. And what the difference between them and the retail uh, programs that you typically see has generally been the fee structures. The fee structures generally on the retail programs have been more onerous. And that is softening up a bit, uh, as as we mentioned earlier. Uh, so we expect that, that the performance will continue to be good. And it's like anything. You want exposure to a multitude of opportunities to maximize your return, right? I mean, that's kind of how we look at it.
0: And are these uh, valuated daily?
1: Uh, yes, they, they they do run those things either daily or quarterly valuations, but periodically the institutions give new net asset values that they report to uh, the different sponsors who run these programs and then they wire that into their valuation and the amount they charge for the shares on a daily or monthly basis.
0: And uh, do you see a proliferation of these kinds of uh, structures uh, for real estate programs moving forward?
1: We do. We uh, we know of several sponsors. There's about a half a dozen programs out there right now, and we know of about a dozen more that are in the works uh, at various levels. So we expect to see that to be a, uh, not a dominant, but a, a substantial portion of the fundraising activity, a couple billion dollars a year. Right now, it's at a run rate that looks like it's something north of a billion this year from virtually nothing a year or so ago. Uh, so we, we expect to see quite a bit of uh, fundraising activity with those interval funds.
0: Thank you. And uh, tell us about T-Shares.
1: T-Shares. Well, T-Shares are really um, a response to uh, FINRA's uh, 1502 rule, which is a rule that says non-traded REITs have to report their values net of load. The T-share basically says we'll pay the retail rep uh, about 2% up front, and the balance in an annual fee of anywhere from 75 to 100 basis points until the entire commission is paid. So the, the, the a substantial portion of the sales load is deferred and paid out over time, for some services, but paid out over time.
0: And uh, this is a, a new development, correct? This has not been the typical way this has been done in the industry.
1: Right. About 95 to, between 95 and 100% of the money was raised in the loaded product type structure, the a, what we call the A share. Uh, and that's moving away from that. Right now, today, A shares, um, I'm sorry, T shares, and interval funds combined represent about 56% of the fundraising in January and February of this year, where a year ago it would have been 5%. So the market or the retail rep and uh, the retail advisor, if you will, is moving towards a, uh, a deferred commission type structure. Again, we think something that benefits their investors and uh, is, is good for everybody, including the sponsor. Sponsor likes to. Sponsor likes to pay less fees also.
0: Thank you, Kevin. One final question here, Kevin, and I always ask everybody in the real estate industry. uh, Do you see rising interest rates when they happen to the degree that they happen? And nobody's guessing, but they've got to go up and uh, may not be all that soon that they'll start. Uh, We've been thinking for the last few years that it would start right away. But when they go up and they get higher, do you see that as a potential major problem for the real estate industry? And are they preparing for that?
1: Yes, I think the simple answer is we're prepared for that. As you know, real estate's priced based upon expectation, right? We price all real estate based upon expectation, not what's going on just today, but what we expect in the future. As we anticipate rate rises in our immediate future, we're going to increase cap rates in this marketplace to reflect that and increase other parameters that will help us digest any market correction. We don't think long-term that that... Correction is going to happen that fast that'll be fatal to the real estate industry. It'll hurt a little bit, but we think the growth that'll ensue uh, from real estate activity as a result of uh, economic expansion will more than offset the impact of cap rate uh, cap rate expansion. That's what we believe.
0: Well, great. Well, I certainly hope for the industry's sake, for our economy, and everybody that uh, that certainly happens. So, any final words for our listeners here, Kevin?
1: Uh, The only thing I would say to all your listeners here, it's about a week after St. Patrick's Day, and I'm Irish, so happy St. Patrick's Day.
0: (laughs) Thank you, Kevin, very much. Again, we've been talking with uh, uh, Kevin Gannon of Robert A. Stanger and Company. They're out of uh, Shrewsbury, New Jersey, here at the Edisa Conference, and we'll be right back.